Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. More California superintendents are leaving their jobs than ever before. Some are taking other jobs, others are retiring. The pandemic, politics, stress, and even violent threats are all factors in this new wave of turnover. We are trying to protect and keep people safe and make the decisions that are best for your students and for your staff. So it's extraordinarily exhausting the two years. What are districts doing to try to retain and attract superintendents? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stavely. Chris Evans was the superintendent of Natomas Unified School District in Sacramento for more than a decade. His job has always been hard, but he loves it anyway. When you've been somewhere as long as I have, you really get to know like parents who've brought two or three kids through, in some cases, parents that maybe had someone graduated already and they've decided to, to kind of reboot the family and have a young one. In Sacramento, you get to know all kinds of people, elected officials. You know, Natomas is the second most diverse school district in the nation, according to the New York Times. And so you get a chance to, to learn a lot about how people approach things differently. During the pandemic, Chris's job got a whole lot harder. There is no downtime. Every time there is a major shift or change in California, we were required to negotiate it. And so at the same time, you're trying to protect and keep people safe and make the decisions that are best for your students and for your staff. You're also having to interpret uh, health laws and assumptions and language that was completely new. In his role as superintendent, Chris partnered with Sacramento County and the city of Sacramento to be a major COVID-19 testing site and then a vaccination site. Every Thursday, we vaccinated hundreds and hundreds of community members. Chris is proud of that work. We're proud that there is no known uh, deaths in the Thomas from COVID, at least in our school district, students or staff, because of the, the testing and the vaccination work we did. But not everyone was appreciative. I mean, I think it's safe to say the world became extraordinarily grumpy. And uh, so from a personal perspective, you'd walk into a pharmacy and there'd be a sign that says, please don't yell at our pharmacist. You go into a bank when they were open and says, please don't yell at our tellers. And then all of those things we were experiencing um, as employees in the school district, too. So in our personal and professional life, as so many others were, and then a lot of angry people that schools were closed and not able to open until the state decided they can open again. And it wasn't just school closures that had some parents upset. It was all of the state health requirements, like mask mandates and social distancing. And then people started getting angry about other issues, too. In September of 2021, some parents and other community members became incensed about comments made by a high school teacher who was secretly recorded claiming he kept an Antifa flag in his classroom and encouraged his students to protest, according to media reports. Chris announced at a board meeting that the teacher had been put on paid leave pending an investigation, but the public comment period got so heated that the meeting was abruptly canceled. Afterward, Chris and all of the trustees received dozens of disturbing emails, according to the board president. The hateful rhetoric grew so intense that the school board agreed to pay for security at Chris's home. He even received death threats. We had people 
call and, and say, I'm, I'm going to, I know where the superintendent lives. I'm going to go over there right now. I hope his children are not there. My family had a lockdown procedure and they knew uh, how to hit the alarm button to lock down the house and they knew how to call. That's part of why Chris decided last year would be his final year as a superintendent. You know, things have changed uh, in education overall. We've seen an increase in teachers uh, physically assaulted by parents. Um, and not just in, in my district. You know, I, I, you talk with other superintendents and you hear that things have changed. And that has been recent as a result of the pandemic. The increase in physical assaults by parents or the threats. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, COVID stress and violent threats are driving school superintendents to leave. Chris is one of a growing number of California school superintendents leaving their jobs, despite increased salaries and benefits. My colleague Diana Lambert has been covering this for EdSource. Hi, Diana. How are you today, Zadie? I'm doing pretty good. So, Diana, how bad is this superintendent turnover? Well, the number of superintendents who are leaving is going up. And this year, we're seeing a really big spike, according to researchers at the University of Tennessee who are following this. Superintendent turnover in California grew from 11.7% in the 2020 school year to 18.4% at the beginning of this school year. And the numbers are still being calculated. It could still grow. But we see that more superintendents are leaving this year because they had put off retirement and decided to stick around to help their school districts during the pandemic and now have decided they've had enough and they're they're on their way out. Okay. So why is this happening? What's going on? Why are superintendents leaving? There's a series of reasons. We have an aging population. So that's one reason. Another reason is the pandemic. Some superintendents have decided to retire early because they just had enough with the politics and uh all the anxiety around that since the pandemic. You know, you had one quote in your article that really brought home how much things have changed over over time. It was from Gregory Franklin, who was the former superintendent of Tustin Unified in Orange County. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, I can't ever remember hearing of a superintendent that had gotten a death threat before. Now I know personally four or five. Wow. So... Now it's sort of a normal thing for a superintendent to be threatened, their lives to be threatened. And in the case of Chris Evans, to have his, even his family threatened and followed home. What about firing of superintendents? Because a couple of the new school boards that came into power in the last few years have actually decided to fire their superintendents and hire someone new. Right. So you have a new majority of school board members come in. Generally, they're a new conservative majority. And they're right away, they're firing the superintendent. So state legislation is recently passed to institute a cooling off period. So you cannot fire the superintendent until a a period of time, I think 30 days. Okay, so that they can't just come in and fire someone without having worked with them first. Right. They want to have a cooling off period. And also they've been firing them in, in emergency meetings, which only require a 24 hour notification. So some school superintendents have been completely caught off guard. One was on vacation. 
and she was fired during an emergency meeting. And also the community doesn't have time for input. So now they cannot do an emergency meeting. They have to do it in a regular meeting, which is a 72 hour uh, period of time that you have to notice that meeting. Uh, one thing I concentrated on in my story quite a bit and people talked about quite a bit is one of the reasons we have a shortage of superintendent is they're watching these board meetings and they don't want to go to those school districts. The district school districts that are firing superintendents are having trouble hiring because now that everything's on the internet, potential candidates are watching and they're not interested in going to those districts. So they're scaring off a lot of candidates. As a nonprofit organization, EdSource depends on donations and grants to sustain our quality journalism. We rely on listeners like you. Between now and December 31st, EdSource has a goal to raise $100,000 to support our journalism. Make your donation today at edsource.org. So what are school districts doing about this? You know, is there any solution to this? What they're doing is hiring security for their districts, for their superintendents, and even for the school board sometimes. So it's still pretty rare, but LA Unified Superintendent has security. Uh, in Sacramento, Twin Rivers Unified School District and Natomas Unified School District have security. So it's becoming more common and actually becoming part of their contract. So it doesn't mean they have a security detail necessarily, but it means that if they feel that they're threatened, the district will either give them security, a security detail, or they maybe just have a security system put into their homes at the district's expense. So who are school districts hiring to be superintendents then, Diana? Well, they're still trying to get veteran superintendents, but often they're getting deputy superintendents, assistant superintendents from other districts, uh, superintendents from smaller districts are moving into larger districts. So it's an opportunity for some people to move forward in their careers. And uh, like one superintendent, Brett McFadden, told me, it doesn't necessarily mean they're less talented. You know, they're less experienced, but not necessarily less talented people. Brett McFadden was interesting. He's at Monterey County Office of Education. He um, has only been there like 15 months, and the, and the recruiters keep calling him. He said, the pain isn't even dry on my door yet. That's how desperate they are to get candidates for these jobs that he's getting called all the time. I mean, they're out there. Like, like realtors looking for people to sell their houses, that's how they're trying, to find, they're trying to find superintendents to fill these jobs. And you mentioned in your story, Diana, and I know you're going to go more deeply into this in the future, but that districts are really trying to, you know, pay really well in order to try to attract superintendents. What's going on with pay? Well, pay has been going up steadily for like a decade. So that's already happening. But we see a big jump right now because of the shortage of superintendents. Everyone wants the best. And they have to pay for it. So we see salaries up in the, you know, 440, 440 range, and then big benefit packages that go with those things. And even some of the smaller districts have really big pay packages for their superintendents. If you have a pay package of 440000 and you add benefits, you can be up towards $600,000 of uh, total compensation easily. To be clear, you know, this was a survey of 60 superintendent contracts. So we don't have the whole state that's impossible to get because that data is not available in the state of California as it should be. <laughs> so looking at a survey of 60 superintendent contracts, we have some people that stand out. And one is a Christopher um, Hoffman in Elk Grove Unified School District who has a $441,000 salary plus a nice benefit package. And he actually, his salary is $1,000 more than LA Unified superintendent salary. 
and his district is 64,000 students compared to 450,000 students or so in LA Unified. So you're going to be publishing um, this salary information on uh, next week on Monday, right? Um, and so what can listeners expect to be able to see then? I mean, they might be surprised at some of the benefits that are out there, like security and, well, like LA Unified's superintendent has a car driver security, and I believe it's a million dollar insurance policy. I think they'll be surprised to see that, how high these salaries have gotten in the increases. Like I spoke about Chris Hoffman's salary, um, 10 years ago, his salary, I believe, was 270, and that's uh, over a 50% increase in salary in I'm sorry, nine years ago, since he was hired nine years ago. So um, I think they might be surprised to see that those kinds of increases. There's a superintendent in Ontario, Montclair, and he was in the news for years because he has salary comp- total compensation of over $750,000, I believe, a couple years ago. And it's a small district. I, I think it's 18,000 kids. But uh it hit the news, and so they had to make some changes. They decided that they were going to not let him cash out his sick leave anymore. And that reduced his total compensation by $100,000, which is still quite high, by the way. Where are the superintendents going when they're when they're leaving? Are they going to another district? Like, we know that that has sort of been a thing in the past, that superintendents might only stay in a district for a little while. Are they going to another district, or are they just retiring completely? Well, interesting enough, they do turn over quite a bit. But this crop, some of them are moving to other districts, but not as many as before. Now they're going to universities. They're going to county offices of education as deputy superintendents. I'm seeing a lot of that. Or they're retiring altogether or starting their own um, consulting businesses. So now there's instead of just going to another district, they're doing other things that where they don't have that contact so much with the public or in public meetings where they get that abuse and those threats. Chris Evans has stayed on in Atomas Unified for part of this school year to help the new superintendent transition into the role. But he's looking forward to his retirement. He's already feeling more relaxed. Everywhere I go, people are saying I look healthier, I look better. People are saying I look taller, which I'm 5'6 I'm on a good day. I, I tell people, uh, actually, my doctor measured me before I retired and says, you're actually five, five and three quarters. And I went, what the heck happened? Uh, but everyone says I look taller. So I, I keep jokingly tell people I'm probably five, six again. But Chris isn't leaving education altogether. He's planning on starting a consulting business to help other school districts. And he has some ideas about what districts can do to help keep their superintendents. There's lots of conversations about work-life balance that are newer and the pandemic brought that on. Uh, This job doesn't necessarily align with that and long-term stability. So that's going to be a challenge that I think new leaders are going to face. They've already seen a shift with board. As my board skewed younger, I got less phone calls after 9 and 10 p.m. And so you began to see the generations fitting into governance that they want that work-life balance. So they're not calling me after 9 or 10. Chris has dedicated many years to his school district. And like an increasing number of other superintendents around the state, COVID-era politics wore him down and ultimately pushed him out. But he's hopeful that things will get better for the next generation of superintendents who take the reins.
I'm a history major, so I understand that there's a history of political divides and our, our country is basically built on that. But this extremism on multiple sides is, 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 is not healthy for our country. It's not healthy for kids. It's definitely not healthy for educators. So hopefully we'll, we'll transition out of that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Diana's stories on superintendents at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Chris Evans and reporter Diana Lambert. Our CEO is Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Stewart Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join us next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.